Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. No bit this week, because this song is basically a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then what are we going to do when it's time for Kids on the Street and Breakfast at Timpani's? Those are also bits. Ugh, whatever. (laughs) Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. (laughs) I convinced you, I didn't mean to convince you to actually do an opening bit, but we did it. (laughs) Jessica actually said, like, it would be funny if we didn't do a bit. And I was just in character, and I convinced her to cut to the song. I already had that playing out in my head. I was already thinking about it. (laughs) Well, yes, this week we're talking about gibberish. And for anyone wondering, we're not talking about Kids on the Street. We are doing a separate episode for that song. It, Kids on the Street is kind of an interlude to gibberish, but kind of not, because thematically it's not. It's just an interlude. You know, Kids right. on the Street is just an interlude. And we're also doing a separate, we really are doing a separate Breakfast at Timpanies episode. And if anything, the Kids on the Street episode, if we don't have a lot to talk about about the actual <laughs> thing, right. then we'll just have a nice, you know, tangent ep- tangent episode. Right. Which I stand by the fact that out of many podcasts that I listen to, we don't do that many tangents. Like if you if we're one of the only song by song podcasts you listen to, we don't do that many <laughs> tangents. We really stay on the song quite a lot. So we're talking gibberish this week. I didn't realize until Beatrice let us know. Actually, well, first, I sent out a message saying we have no idea what to do for episode 99. What do you guys want to hear? And we had a lot of different people asking for things. And then at one point, someone said gibberish. And then Beatrice said, you haven't done three laughs in seven months and I was like oh that is mind-blowing <laughs> like when you told me that I was like I'm sorry what really how is that possible so I was like okay well then I guess we'll do three lefts and someone else had said gibberish let me see if I can figure out who said gibberish do you have anything to talk about while I look for that no no I'm very, I'm very <laughs> depressed oh I'm, I'm very sorry depressed today yeah we're very depressed in general i meant because the toronto maple leafs yet again blew another game seven again and it's just oh i cried a little then i played some pioneers of olive town that was nice and soothing and then you woke up from your nap and were like are you ready to record and i'm like fine (laughs) so it was joel who suggested gibberish and then it was beatrice who sealed the deal with mentioning it had been seven months so i'm so sorry about your hockey participants and how they didn't win the uh the medal or whatever it is they're supposed to do i'm really sorry they blew a 3-1 lead i mean uh... was there overtime in this episode of the show (laughs) Was there overtime Not in that particular? Not in this o- one. In the last two, yes. In the last two and episodes? And they lost both of those. So what I And start- this one, no. So I tweeted this from my regular account. And some... Jazz- <laughs> 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 
I call the dog. Excuse me. I call so, the dog Jessica. So, I'm really sorry that I'm rattling my tin dishes around <laughs> over here. What can I say? I'm salty about another Leafs loss. <laughs> so I tweeted from my regular Twitter account. I was like, "How do we know that when you're watching a hockey episode that when they go into where, overtime?" <laughs> How do we know when they go into overtime that they all didn't conspire together to go into overtime so they get paid time and a half? We don't know that. There's no transparency. They go into overtime, instantly all the team members are getting paid time and a half. I mean, this I might go all... I can't tell if you're kidding or not. That's not how contracts work. That, that people fight for time and a half and overtime all the time. I know how contracts work. People are constantly like... That's not how sports works. <laughs> we have a friend of ours that has a new contract up with his business, with his job that he works at, and he's like, you know, do I give up overtime? Daniel Leary. What? I'll have the exact same response that I had online. You stop, Daniel Leary. You stop. Well, I'm sorry that... Uh, it was the season finale for your favorite team. But I guess other teams will continue to have episodes of Hockey Time for a little bit more. Well, we won't talk too much hockey gibberish anymore. <laughs> but, Danny, is there any top of the show news business? So, there's actually... Whatever f- we call this segment. <laughs> I do have a couple of pieces of actual top of the show business before we even get to voicemails. And um, one of them... Is, did, did we ever catch up on all the voicemails, the backup voicemails? No, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain that when we get to the voicemail section. Okay. Um, but first of all, this week, in you know all the promo for the for the Lion O episode that I would have done, we have had a partial block on our Instagram. <laughs> oh no! Because <laughs> we reached nine hundred followers, right? And I'm like, oh, we're so close to a thousand. Nice. I want to get that, and we're almost at episode 100. It'd be perfect to get a thousand followers on Instagram right before our hundredth episode. So I do what I have done for every one of my social medias I've ever done, other than my like personal one where I don't care how many followers I have because I really only want my friends to see it. But I've done do the exact same thing I always done: find an account that's kind of adjacent to the theme of our account and just start following people. And then wait to see who follows back. And then a couple days or a week or whenever I feel like it later, go back and unfollow anyone who didn't follow us back, right? And the act of unfollowing actually takes longer because I'm too nice about it. And I want to make sure I don't accidentally unfollow anyone who did follow us. So I actually have to click into each account, see who followed, unfollow them, click into the next account. I'm a nice guy about it. I don't want to... There's a contract. There's a there's if anything a moral contract that if you followed us back, like we have to follow. We're not going to unfollow you. So I do that, and then Instagram's like, Instagram just literally puts a message up on my screen that says you have given your password to a third party company to get more followers. So we're putting a partial block on your account. I'm like, you fucking assholes. <laughs> it's like they literally and it's it's not like we think you have. It said. It is against our policy. You have given your account password to... And I'm like, I use nothing but my own fingers and my obsessive (laughs) compulsion to do this. This is a new thing Instagram is doing. Um, My cousin recently started a skincare blog and started an Instagram account with it. 
And when she started it, she was just going through and following stuff. And she had the exact same thing happen to her where they're like, um, excuse me, you're buying followers and stuff. And she's like, I am not. And there's a little <laughs> thing where like you can hit to like report it or whatever. She's like, I hit that report button like 90 times and it did nothing. Right. Like to say that you're, you, you Instagram are incorrect about this. So I think it's just they're just they've just decided that you're a bot like company or whatever going through and doing this right. now and if so, you even if you're it's just you as an individual right. doing your grassroots which promotion. is their system it's their system like unless they're just like trying to force you to buy ads that will get you followers but the thing is i've bought ads on instagram and it did nothing it did like two it got like two instagram was nice over over twitter because at least on instagram like you can actually say send this to people interested in reliant k send it to people interested in switchfoot and mxpx on twitter it's just like send this to people it's like that's right you know that's like that with that we got even less but i don't know instagram instagram had me figured out for like a very short period of time and then I started getting all of these ads for like for something called boy brow. And it's like <laughs> for men who want to fill in their eyebrows and like, oh, subscribe to GQ. And I'm like, you know, you had me pegged with all the dog stuff. Like they give me a lot of like rescue dog company sort of things and, and that sort of thing. And I'm like, you know, you had me for a minute there and then you just lost me again, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess is good. I'm beating the algorithm. <laughs> well, that's the other thing is before you told me that your cousin, who I know who you're talking about, had this happen to her, I thought it was because like, I've been trying to reduce my phone screen time and Instagram is the only like, so basically like on Twitter and Facebook, I've been leaving that strictly to the desktop, to the to the computer. But then Instagram's harder because you can't really post, but you can, you have to create like basically spoofers that make Instagram think you're on a phone when you're really on the desktop. So I was trying right. to figure all that stuff out so I could just do all my social media on the computer like right before I log in for regular work. And so I thought maybe because I was doing all of that and like switching between two different devices and because we have VPN, like we just use VPN in the background of all our devices for safety's sake. It's like maybe it thought I was in <laughs> New York and then suddenly in Los Angeles, but no, it's just Instagram being a bunch of dicks. <laughs> right. If any if any uh, fellow hockey fans out there are wondering how I'm able to watch so many Canadian hockey games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, VPN. <laughs> it's so funny because I used to use free VPN just to watch Netflix like a couple years ago. And then Netflix tightened up on all that. And free VPN, I know, isn't really free. They're actually like backdoor using some of your computing power to do things like maybe not bitcoin but similar stuff where they need to basically like it's in it'll be in the fine print when you sign up for the free vpn sure. thing and then when when netflix that's the only thing i use vpn for and then when netflix like cracked down on vpn i went to a private like actual thing like nord or express or one of those things but then i was like oh this is just feels better <laughs> it just feels better yeah. to have vpn on especially <laughs> like when you know you're doing banking or using your passwords and stuff so anyway well okay so i'm glad to know it's just instagram and because then uh, then two days later it did it to mxpx memes and i hadn't done that stuff to mxp i was like mxpx means it was like guilty by association of being on the same phone it luckily didn't happen to any of my other accounts, like they might be Giants memes or any of that stuff. But I was thinking it would because, like, when I try to like something, it said we have we, have, we have, you can't like this right now, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to get the 
partial block again. Right. So anyway, that was that top of the show news. I feel a little better. It's anyway, it's supposed to end tomorrow. So all the posts for <laughs> Thundercats we've been doing, I couldn't put copy underneath them. I couldn't put t- t- hashtags and an explanation for what it is. Oh. <laughs> then I remembered we had Sadie Hawkins cast from when we like before we started oh, yeah. the podcast. And I sat on Sadie Hawkins cast because like, like behind the scenes news as we approach episode 100, like when we started the show, it, Sadie Hawkins pod was the first thing that came to mind. And then like a day or two later, I was like, wait, what if we do Sadie Hawkins cast? Because it's kind of a slanted rhyme for dance. And Jessica's like, no. <laughs> but I was like, well, <laughs> despite her, despite her immediate objection, I still went and snagged Sadie Hawkins cast on Instagram. And then I found out on Twitter that it's one letter too many for Twitter. And I was like, I don't want to have to shorten Sadie Hawkins cast if we already have Sadie Hawkins pod. So Sadie Hawkins pod did end up winning. But then I had to Sadie Hawkins cast Instagram. And I'm like, I don't want to give it up now because when you create a social media thing, like especially with Twitter, like I know this from all the ones I've created, like once you've created a bunch, it starts to put more roadblocks in front of you to create more. So I'm like, once you have it created, you shouldn't just delete it. You should kind of sit on it and monitor it and make sure it doesn't get frozen. And then if you come up with a new idea for social media, then you've already got one started up and you can change the name and you can change the the email and all that stuff later. So Sadie Hawkins cast has been stepping in to explain the YouTube credits for any of the clips and to give it can't give hashtags because the hashtags on comments don't actually do anything. But I love how anyway. you started out this segment by saying how we never go off on tangents. This or is at show least we related. Don't, <laughs> we don't all that often. This never. isn't a tangent in that sense. This is show related. Well, this is the gibberish episode. Right. So I'll allow it. <laughs> so speaking of gibberish. Episode 100 is next week. If you are on Patreon, you already know what we've picked as episode 100, or you would know if you go and listen to our latest Patreon episode. Uh, We'll leave that as a surprise for this side. But after the episode comes out next Wednesday midnight, hopefully, (laughs) unless we're late, (laughs) um, after the episode comes out, we're going to do a live stream to promote and to like celebrate 100 episodes. And we're still up in the air if we're doing it on Instagram Live or if we're doing it on Zoom. And the so maybe you, if anyone listening wants to chime in and let us know what they think we should do. Because on Instagram Live, we can have anybody join in. Like they press request to join live stream and then they'll suddenly appear on a second screen and we can talk to them. We can talk to our listeners. We can talk to all of you out there. However, on Zoom, sorry, not Zoom. <laughs> On, uh, on uh, oh my gosh, it's, I can only think of the word Zoom now, Twitch. On If we created a Twitch, which I have a Twitch account, we could just call it Sadie Hawkins Pod Twitch, we could watch something. We could watch like the uh, Forget Not Slow Down video podcast, or we could watch the how Where the Buffalo Cell Phone Roam, or we could That'd watch C-Spot Rock, but then we couldn't have people join in because it would be a closed uh, video stream and then people would just be there in the comments. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a little chat thing, so yeah. still interaction But happening. I mean, yeah, so it just depends on what everyone thinks. Plus, Instagram would be the easiest, like, there would still be some setup to take place if we're going to do Zoom. So everyone out there, let us know what you're interested in, episode 100 stream. Once we have <laughs> all our Instagram fully back, I'm going to announce it ahead of time for after this episode comes out. So, uh, yeah, let us know. And then we do have voicemails, and yeah, so we have... A couple of, we have only a few more voicemails that we still haven't gotten to. There's one from 
Adam Goff. There's one. There's two from Daniel. Going back to our Be My Escape episode, <laughs> which I still want to play. He's got some interesting stuff. There's another one from Jarrett from April, and there's three new ones. Two from Lindy in West Palm Beach, and one from Jarrett. So let's hear the one from Jarrett first. Hey, Dan and Jess, this is Jarrett. I uh, just finished listening to the uh, Lino and Line Wilson podcast, and uh, I've got two things. Uh, one is that, speaking of Smash Mouth, um, this is like really, really random, but there's this barbecue joint in uh, Nightdale, North Carolina, near where I live, and uh, both Smash Mouth and 10th Avenue North are just going to be randomly playing, not together, they're not playing together. That would be interesting as well. But they just happen to be playing at this barbecue joint in Nightdale randomly in the summer. So if anyone's in the area, Smash Mouth and 10th Avenue North are playing. Wait, Smash Mouth is playing barbecue joints now? (laughs) (laughs) Did I hear that right? All they can play, I guess now, is biker festivals and barbecue (laughs) joints. Hey, now. (laughs) Uh, But also, I wondered... If, uh, because I, I've had the CD for a while, and so, like, I knew the lyrics, uh, to Line O, but I always had this misheard lyric, um, I think it's verse one, uh, instead of, uh, chilling at the lair, snark, me, and the twins, I always heard Marvin, me, and the twins, so I'm wondering if anyone else has, like, ever misheard that, because I never watched Thundercats, and I guess, like, I know I read the lyrics, but I just never really, they never clicked with me. So did anyone else ever hear Marvin, me, and the twins? Or am I the only one there? So, uh, but that's about it. So catch you next time. Oh, goodness, yes. It's me, Marvin the Martian. I was also on Thundercats. <laughs> Jessica got up for a second. She's coming back. I didn't necessarily hear Marvin, me, and the twins, but I could never suss out what he was saying there. <laughs> We're going to have to take a break in a second because Jessica has her dinner now. <laughs> Sorry. But let's um, hear, <laughs> while, while Jessica chews off mic a little bit, here is the voicemail from uh, Lindy. And then, you know, next week, we'll, I think we can finally polish off these last four from Adam Goff, the two from Daniel, and the older one from Jarrett. But here is Lindy calling up. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I don't know why I started like that. It's Lindy in West Palm Beach again, and I am doing the Parfait podcast listening that you guys mentioned a couple weeks ago. Which is where you listen to a new episode, and then you listen to as many old episodes as you can before the next <laughs> new episode. So I am back to episode 11, which was softer to me. And... Danny's talking about, uh, I think he's called it Soul Fest, where, um, gosh, I think it was like some kind of karaoke or something like that where he got on stage and it was a really cool memory. Yeah, it was where Five Iron Frenzy did a karaoke show where it was in a, a small indoor venue in, in the otherwise outdoor ground, uh, festival grounds. And it was a ski resort, and it was, so it was like in one of the lodges where you could have little conventions at the ski resort. And I'm always bad at estimating people numbers, but it's probably around like 300 or 400 
person venue and they had a karaoke event where it's like they brought up 20 or so Five Hundred Frenzy fans and you cycled through and they each sang like a line a couple of lines of a song and got tapped out if they messed up the lyrics or something like that and Reliant K was going to do the same thing and I knew Reliant K more personally than Five Hundred Frenzy so they were like oh we're going to do the same thing and they were going around telling the fans who they knew personally who talked to them and me and my friend Johnny were two of those (laughs) so they asked do you want to do this but then they didn't have time to do it. They couldn't actually do it. Ryan K couldn't do the karaoke thing. So I just got to go up and do the screaming part to softer to me. So cool. Which was already a common thing. It was usually in those like early days of the first two albums, a fan would come up or a fan would be handed the microphone just to do the scream towards the end of the song. And I got to do that that one time. But I wanted to share my memory of seeing Ryan K for the first time when I was, I don't know, I I was probably in middle school at the time, maybe eighth grade or something. And back in the day down here, there was a concert called Buna Ducious, um, this huge Christian concert in South Florida. And that was the first time I saw Reliant K. They were really not that well-known, but I was in the lawn seats and I heard them and I thought, oh my gosh, these guys sound so cool and they look cool and, you know, like punkers and rockers and whatever. So somehow me and my friends got to go into the stadium seating area. It started raining and it was just so cool. I was like, wow, these guys are so awesome. And it was the first time I ever was able to get into the covered area. So I was like, oh, I must be cool now. I must be one of the the cool kids. Then a couple years later, I saw them again at, I guess it's our version of Soul Fest, which was Winter Jam. They were, it was Christmas time, obviously winter. Matt T was on his piano and they were about to do, um, oh my gosh, I don't know, one of the Christmas songs. And he told everybody, all right, get on up on your feet. And I jumped up and I was like in the very first front section and I jumped up and he's like everybody start dancing and I was like I'm gonna dance so Matt T can see me and I was with my best friend who thought I was totally crazy at the time and I thought Reliant K would see me jump up and start dancing when they played their Christmas album and anyway I am pretty positively sure that nobody saw me and I was just grasping at straws Anyway, love listening to the old ones, also the new ones. You guys are awesome. Bye. That's fun. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard of Winter Jam. I hear it all the time because I, I, yeah, more than Soul Fest, I feel like like footage and audio of Winter Jam gets out there in the world more often than Soul Fest. Um, also, like Soul Fest is super fun and it's amazing that it's up in the New Hampshire mountains and everything. But I think as a market, as a Christian market being new england it's just less noticed for the larger christian market i think the bands and the fans that like love to go there enjoy it but it's just not like massachusetts new england it is in a pretty rural area right i went i've only been once with you no i I don't even think that counts against it because like cornerstone was literally in the middle of a field you know like I, I think it's more because that's where festivals are, Dan. I know, but I think it's more because <laughs> New England is more of a a godless liberal 
Jessica was taking a sip. Area. So it's not seen as a big Christian music market. I think it is more today than ever before because I think there's more evangelical culture in New England than there was even 20 years ago. But yeah, my point is Winter Jam, I feel like gets heard about a lot more often. I think there's even a Fiverr and Frenzy bootleg around online that is specifically from Winter Jam, but you don't see that same kind of stuff for Soulfest. I love that you, that you're still listening to the old episodes and the new episodes because like I am terrified to go back and listen <laughs> to the old episodes. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. Um, so <laughs> So thank you. That's all the voicemails. April really wants to be part of the podcast tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, one of my biggest Reliant K regrets is Florida-based, and it will always be when I worked at Universal Studios for one summer before, after college, and was like in that holding pattern between leaving Florida and going back to Massachusetts and New York. <laughs> April's very upset to hear. She knows this story, and she's very upset to hear. When you worked at Universal Studios, you basically had carte blanche to like walk anywhere. Like, it's really kind of bizarre, and I don't know if it works that way now, but in 2006, 2007, it did. Like, you have a universal pass, and no one differentiates of, like, you're not supposed to be on this side of the park. The only things you couldn't do is, like, literally walk into the studios or walk into the restricted ride areas, but you could walk around any employee area as an employee of any department, right? And so I was like, I'm going to... and I So then Rock the Universe was one day, and I was like, I'm going to use this to try to get as close to Reliant K as I can. I haven't seen them in so long. I haven't talked to them personally in so long. I'm going to try to use this advantage. And I'm like, Rock the Universe is probably going to be like an area where I can't get to, but at least I can get closer than many other as an employee. And I, at the end of my work day, I was like, I'm too tired. I'm going home. Because <laughs> I used to start work at five in the morning. And I we and we and we had to drive 40 minutes. I'm like, Understandable. Oh, yeah. I um did I sneak you in one time into the back area? I feel like I did. Didn't I, I feel like you did. Yeah. I don't remember it super well. I think you, it was... you can't do that, Disney. No, yeah, you can't do that at Disney. <laughs> yes, I did. I remember now. We took we, we we went in I mean, I don't work for Universal anymore. I don't care. They're not gonna <laughs> So we went and we bought you a pass and then the thing yeah, the thing is, like working at Universal, like you could literally just I can't. I don't know if it works this way anymore. If anyone works at Universal Studios Florida, let me know if it still works this way. But you didn't. You could go to the park anytime and not pay anything because you just walk in through the employee area, and then you just walk out into the park and then you hide your badge and you just go enjoy the park. Like it was just all open to you at all times. It was crazy. So I wonder now. Uh, so I'm thinking. We bought you a pass. I think we did buy you a pass because we weren't going to be that sneaky. But we bought you a pass. Went into the thing. And then I took you. We just walked you back. into. I walked I was like, come check out the employee area. No one's going to say anything. There's no security guy walking around checking badges. They just see the lanyard on you. And they'd be like, okay, cool. They're cool, you know? And yeah, so I, at Disney, you had to be in costume. If you weren't in costume, you could not go through the employee entrance. You couldn't enter the park through the employee right. entrance unless you were in costume. Like, even if you were just going for the day, you had to go through the main gates and use your main gate pass, which they don't even do anymore. Now they, they're like very stingy. Disney is like super stingy. There's like no more main gate passes or anything like that. It's like, it's like you can always get yourself in, but now it's like you only get like two people a year or something like that. Right. So I think that like, 
I think so. They they must have like cameras around, and they definitely have security, of course. But it's not like any employee entrance where someone would walk from, say, Harry Potter section, the Harry Potter section, and then they're gonna go work at like the Harry Potter froggy ice cream stand or whatever it's called. I'm making something up. You know what I mean? Like the 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 swizzle juice, classic Harry Potter, froggy ice cream and swizzle juice, and you're gonna go. <laughs> Uh, like you would just walk out from that section. No one was like standing there stopping you. So, you know, I, again, I don't know if this works the same way 15 years later, but uh, like kids could just walk through that little section and walk in the back. <laughs> so I did that with Jessica and I don't know if we like brought you a fake lanyard just to hold around your neck so no one would talk to you or if we just asso- assumed you wouldn't be talked to by association if you were there with me with my lanyard around my neck. What house are you in, Dan? Which Hogwarts house? Ravenclaw. Good. I did not think you were going to be able to remember that. I, I knew it was take the Pottermore test. I knew it was one of the two that people hate. <laughs> you mean one of the two that people don't necessarily don't about, want don't to care be in? About. Yeah. And I would be in the other one. Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff. all the way. So, yeah, gibberish. We're talking gibberish right now for sure. <laughs> and, uh,. See? Still on topic. Yep. So there's a hint of British Tyson in this. He puts a little <laughs> bit of flavor on some of those vocals. Yeah, this definitely feels like it could be a bed uh, like a like a teenage bedroom Tyson song from the <laughs> Well, the bedroom. <laughs> Jessica's laughing at the word bedroom. I'm talking about when you're a teenager writing songs in your bedroom. I'm like, this, yeah, you know, in in all the bedroom eyes. The, yeah, he, he tells me in his bedroom voice. Bedroom eyes in all of the old music videos. <laughs> he tells me in his bedroom <laughs> voice, "Hammer dub a tenny a." So what I'm saying is, this definitely feels like it could be a song along the lines of "I'm Lion O." or softer to me that could have been from their teenage years, from their demo years, from their pre-goatee time. But, you know, if it's not, that's fine. It just has that similar chord progression that you hear a lot on All Work and No Play. And I'll say that I don't love this song, and I don't think about this song a lot. Because of all of the songs on Three Lefts, it's probably the one, especially it's so late in the album, but it's probably the one that sounds most like we put the first three Reliant K albums into an AI, and this is the song that came back out. Not just the fact that the lyrics don't make sense. I mean, like, the the chords and the progression and everything sounds like the most stock version of a Reliant K pop rock, pop punk song of this time. It sounds like the back burner one that didn't just doesn't have a chord progression that actually stands out from anything else that they do. Yeah, I like it. I like the music in it. It's it's like it's pretty basic and it's a pretty basic and straightforward message. It's short. Gotta love a nice rock and short song. Yeah, that's they're, what it they're has. They're doing for it. the classic stopping guitar thing that right. Reliant K does. <laughs> that they then complain about when they've done it. Although, actually, talking about the message This song is on the same album as Mood Rings, so maybe there's a hidden, oh girls, they're always talking gibberish, going on about their hair and their makeup (laughs) message in here. (laughs) Or, no, you know what? I've changed my mind now. This song is a problem. Kids on the Street is right before it. What if this is like a slap in the face to the fans? They're like, you fans, you're always talking gibberish. 
Oh, so wow. just stop talking. What if they wrote this about me and my friend Johnny going yeah. up to them and giving <laughs> giving them trouble all yeah. the time? Since since it opens with kids on the street, which is just like kids being weird to Reliant K. <laughs> <laughs> I've turned on this song in a matter of a minute. Well, um, I mean, I don't know. I thought it just sounds like it's about because doesn't the the among the few non-gibberish lyrics it's like gibberish is something that's not good to speak to all your friends isn't that what he says yeah so if you're right and you're saying the fans are coming up and speaking gibberish to us all the time then he's at least calling us his friend (laughs) so that's nice (laughs) it's a funny little message song that is like a a message that's not necessarily easily taken to heart because you're not exactly sure precisely what the point is but you can tell there is a point like be rad like be rad where we listen to that and we're like what's the problem here go back and listen to be rad where it's like i guess it's about like some what we came down to and we don't even know if this is true is i guess it's some christian kids who are hanging out the mall and making fun of people that they shouldn't be making fun of because they're supposed to be nicer for the lord but that's just what we landed on like there's no proof that that's what it's about so i feel like it's a similar muddled message where it seems like he's saying something sort of important like gibberish isn't something you should speak to all your friends but it's like in what context what are you talking about like well let me tell you the deep dive is nothing but people debating what the song means that's it just a bunch of different song interpretation sites (laughs) is all that came up this week well that's funny because yeah i can this is definitely a song that's you could attribute a spiritual message to, but it's not in the lyrics. You know what I mean? And is there a lot of that? Like, did you find a lot of that? I don't know. I didn't really read Okay. That. Well, then I'm just guessing <laughs> not right... too closely. Then but... I'm just guessing right now that what we're going to find is a lot of people who say that the gibberish in some way relates to, like... I mean, I could see, like, five or six different ways it could re- relate to spiritual or Christian discussion like gibberish I think that's like, where a lot of the commenters kind of landed it was a lot of just like uh, com general comments about the song or that sort of an interpretation of the lyrics or just commenting on how annoying they think the song is compared to the rest of the album right which is funny because it's sort of meant to be annoying it is a joke song it's less than two minutes it's what what is it like it's like a minute 45 or something like it's a punk song in that sense that it's so short but yeah if it's annoying it's kind of meant to be annoying and i just want to look okay i'm gonna pass up all the it's so funny how the i'm I'm on genius and so funny how then all the nonsense words are all spelled out verbatim and i and i didn't look at the booklet it it must be in the booklet as well but i'm only going to read the human (laughs) words in the song right now stop talking gibberish or just stop talking stop talking gibberish or just stop talking and then that's repeated three more times and then in the post chorus it says if i had one wish well i don't know just what i'd wish for but if i had a million zillion wishes I'd use one to let you know that gibberish is not a nice way to talk to all your... And then he cuts off there. More gibberish talk. And then he repeats that part and caps it off with friends. So there aren't a lot of actual human words in the song. But it's funny that if you did like attribute this to a Christian or otherwise spiritual lesson, there's no proof of it in the song. 
other than the context of this is Reliant K and this is also like their most worshipy album right this has like the most worshipy songs it's just something I kind of landed on when I didn't really think about I always think of this as one of their pop punk albums or at least pre-pop punk to the idea of pop punk that you fun rockin fun rockin like dorky teenage rock albums but there's there are so many slower more worshipy if not worship, then worship. You just songs. did this little dance, like you were really grooving. <laughs> you were getting into. I was kind of just. I was kind of just. You were vibing. Vibing to the Lord, right there. But there's nothing in the song that attributes this to any kind of Christ-centered message, aside from the fact that it's Reliant K. I would say even more than say "Be My Escape," where I had my specific, you know, theme where we talked about that. There's proof in "Be My Escape" that it's about God. There's nothing in this song that really says what this is about. This is more like B-Rad, where it seems like he's saying something important about like a basic life lesson, but there's not enough to really understand. So you basically just got to take it at face value. So who is talking gibberish? What is talking gibberish? Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe just in general, he's saying, choose your words. It's just if this had been a black if this had been like a black flag SoCal hardcore inspired song, it'd be like think before you speak, think before you speak, and that would have been the whole song. And it'd just be like t- telling kids, hey, think before you speak, and there's like nothing else to it than that. And then whenever you have a time in your life where you spoke before you thought, or someone is speaking trash to you, and you're thinking that person's not thinking before they speak, then you'd always go back to this sort of hardcore song in your mind that you remember from when you were a kid. That's essentially all I take away from it. That's all that can be taken away from this song otherwise to me. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of those just like make of it what you will because it's funny that you mentioned that this is one of their more worshipy albums because I personally never thinking of it that way being someone who just bought their favorite songs off of iTunes which were the decidedly not Christian ones which were like your your college kids, you're in love with the 80s, your mood rings. Right. Like, so there's a, there's a great mix on this album of different message or lacking of message songs. Right. I just, in general, when we started this podcast, was kind of rethought how I always looked at Three Lefts. Because I thought of Three Lefts as basically like a, 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 a sibling album to Anatomy. I thought it was basically the same sort of sonic palette as anatomy with a little bit more mature production and a few more you know just basically they had grown a little bit from anatomy but then i listen to it nowadays and i'm like there's so many like more mid-tempo and slower songs on here many of them specifically worship themed and i was like i was surprised to find how little fast rock there is when compared to what i think there is Listeners, does it bother you when we say three lefts since it's technically two lefts, but we like do the math equation of we solve X for you and call it three lefts? That should just be Because Danny's done it four times tonight and every time I've thought about that. You know, I'm an accountant, so I just think of things in that term. This is uh, the common core math. If Common Core Math handles the album two lefts, then you just you just go right to three lefts. Like yeah. you don't you don't mess around. You just go right to the answer. <laughs> so uh, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. I, so it's like a fun song. I'm glad it's short and it's at the end of the album because it does seem. I don't think you could put this song towards the beginning of the album because, like I said, like it's the, a little too weird. It's for a that. little too, it's a little too weird, but it is fun and it is the kind of thing that I think anyone who has either started a band. 
or wants to start a band might think of where it's like, I want to do a song where it's, you know, these high concept songs. And this is like a common, easily thought of high concept song, like a song where it's on purpose, like nonsense words. And uh, now there's a whole genre of that. And it's the Sims music, <laughs> which I don't think. Excuse me. Simless. The Sims came out before this album. Yeah, but were, were, was it common practice to have known artists come in and record simlish versions of their songs in 2003? No, because it's still like Sims 2 times. So I don't think so. Right. It's just like. There were simlish songs on the radio, but I think they were made in-house by the programmers or the music people they hired yeah but then later on you actually and i'm going to get to these in a little bit you have actual like real songs usually not like big radio songs but known bands with their sort of more you know middle popular songs because they probably cost less to the programmers to license you say this like you've ever played the sims no i have never (laughs) played the sims but i know this stuff because a number of bands that i really like have done similar songs. So let's just get into it right now. Um, this is what I think of when I think of this song. And so, yeah, Matt Thiessen starts with a high concept of like, I'm going to write a song where I say a bunch of syllables that almost sound like words. They, it, it'll sound like what English sounds like to a non-English speaker, right? It absolutely sounds like, and you did your YouTube dive without headphones today. So I had to hear this song <laughs> over and over and over again for like 20 minutes straight. And there's one point where I swear he's saying tits. I do hear that too. Yep. Well, well let's get into that in a second. <laughs> I'm already on the Sims thing, but no, forget it. Let's, I wasn't. <laughs> sorry, about to, sorry to derail you. I wasn't. You know, we'll get to the Sims thing in a second. So yeah, let's listen here. So here's the gold version, which we also need to compare. So right there, I always, I always think he's saying Boromir, <laughs> yeah. or I hear Boromir. I know he's not saying Boromir, but there should have been like a sl- uh, uh, like a definite. There should have been an editing or a double check to make sure none of the syllables sounded enough like something else. And, and actually, The Sims Two did sorry did not come out until two thousand four, so we're still in Sim One time. Yeah, so there's here. no way so there's, there's definitely no rock yeah songs. no. Okay, we know you'd have a million billion wishes. <laughs> Still didn't hear the word tits, but I did hear the word pray, which definitely shouldn't be in there because then you're Christian band, you're like, oh, one of the nonsense words was pray. So then you're like, is that a message? Did you hear it? <laughs> Maybe you're just praying for some tits. <laughs> What's a bray? Maybe they removed it from the gold version. 
Because <laughs> I don't hear it. You know what? Too many, too many kids are asking us if we say tits right there. Are we going to bleep it every time I've said that, or are we just leaving it, letting it fly? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know right now. And I mean, that's it, right? So, okay, well, we'll try to find the T word while we compare. So that was the gold version. Here's the non-gold version. And this is one case where I think the original mix and the gold mix... They clearly are different, but it's not like one is clearly superior to the other. I'm sure Daniel could let us know if that's not the case. But in this case, it's like, well, the gold version is just everything's kind of amped up a little bit more, more loudness wars stuff. And the guitar tone is a little bit more polished like it is on everything. But because this is kind of a goofy song with not a lot going on necessarily, it doesn't affect it too greatly to me. And in fact, this might be one of the only gold comparison cases where something is added to the gold version that didn't exist in the original mix whereas normally whereas normally (laughs) whereas normally something you'll often find something cool in the original mix that they buried in the gold mix well here's the non-gold mix so sort of right off the bat it's just like the guitar is a little bit more punk in the sense of being less polished. Yeah. And the vocals are higher up in the mix. Is it there? Is, is that what you heard? Paraville and Tinier? I don't know. Sounds like a para. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. I believe they you. They say the Barrowville and Tinier thing a number of times, and I feel like it's only once that you that you hear it in there. So maybe it's towards you know the what? End it could be something. like one of those things where if you keep saying the same word over and over and over, it starts to lose its meaning in yeah. your brain. Like you're just like kitchen. I always use kitchen because we're in the kitchen. <laughs> Hold on, I need a better word. <laughs> I need a better word. What's a good What's a good example? Uh, tiki, 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 tiki. Tiki, 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 tiki. It's too many. It's too short. Uh, necklace, 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 necklace. I'm already starting to lose it. Necklace, and it starts to lose its meaning. <laughs> Tiki's too short, though. I can I can keep thinking of the cute little birds and sitting there eating my uh, <laughs> my pineapple. Yeah, my Dole Whip. So the big change that I could tell, aside from the overall guitar tone and sort of mixing everything up a little bit is in the gold version there's this thing in the chorus it's earlier than that okay there's this I heard a different word in there by the way but I won't say what it was oh no This might be why they buried it late in the album, because they're like, this is the Rorschach test of Reliant K songs, and who knows what you're going to find. I remember on P.O.D.'s Satellite album, there's, on one of the first songs, I think it's Boom, uh, Here Comes the Boom, which is, I believe, what the, 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 uh, Kirk Douglas, what's that guy's name, Kevin? (laughs) Kevin 
James. Kevin James. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Kevin James movie gets its name from POD, the POD song because Adam Sandler is a bona fide POD fan. What? Not, what? For, for sure. What? For sure. POD had a song. Well, first of all, here comes the boom. If it's not a Happy Madison production, it's got to be adjacent to it. And uh, Adam Sandler is a POD fan. He, not just because of this, but because he's a POD fan, he specifically brought POD in to record a song for the Little Nicky soundtrack, and they recorded a video for it. Oh. It wasn't even, j- like, a new song for the Little Nicky soundtrack. Like, get the Christian rap rock band to sort of put some divinity into our <laughs> joke around Satan movie. <laughs> He's a he's a POD Amazing. fan. Yeah. Also, I've never heard anything more early two thousands than that. <laughs> right. So I think in here comes the boom. They say blast a big SD, which I'm not even sure what that means anymore. I think I did look it up at the time, but when you hear it, it sounds like he's saying blast a big ass D, and it's like whoa, POD swore. Now I didn't care because my parents didn't monitor my music, and I listened to Christian music on my own, but I was like kind of positive that there must be kids out there who had their PODs CDs taken away because the parents heard big ass D and then they're like didn't look at the booklet and see it see it says big SD and then there's like Starbucks lovers there's all these which isn't a swear I'm just saying like in terms of unheard misheard lyrics so I mean I know I prefer a big SD card when out (laughs) shooting anything yeah exactly we need a big SD card for our Nintendo Switch we do yeah because we have so many games on there so the big change in the gold mix is, and I don't even, I couldn't even tell if it was in the 2003 mix, is during the chorus, you hear this this extra guitar, this sort of lead that's happening with, I don't know if it counts as a lead, but this extra like rubber bandy sounding guitar lick happening in the background. So here it is. Stop talking gibberish or just stop talking. Stop talking gibberish or just stop talking. Stop talking gibberish. Do you hear that in the background? So that that doesn't I can't hear that in the 2003 mix. So it's one of the few cases of something being added or brought up in the gold mix. Here's the here's the non gold. I kind of hear but I don't hear that and that's why I thought of it as rubber bandy because it's got this extra sort of like stretchy sound to it on the gold mix and I can hear it deep 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 in the original mix but they brought it up in the gold and it actually sounds a little cooler and that's got to be one of the first situations of that of where they really brought something up or added something or fixed something between 2003 and 2006. Sure. So anyway, yeah. I do still prefer the non-gold because again, it's kind of like, I just like it a little sloppier. I like it, especially a song like this, like to make it sound a little more punk and a lot less polished is, is, yeah, no, I get it complements it more. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Totally. And I mean, I I really wonder if, if it's less like, so supposedly they do the gold mixes because they want everything to just sound a little bit more like mm-hmm. 
right? Like they want albums two and three to sound a little bit more like, mm-hmm, which I'm like, that's why, why do that? But I'm also wondering if it's more like Tom DeLonge kind of ruins everything because <laughs> pop, the big shift that pop punk makes in the, in the, in the 2003 and on really is boxcar race. To me, I believe it's boxcar racer and the self-titled Blink-182 album. I think like that like kind of really shifted and Tom DeLonge was so specific about guitar tone like it was one of it, it like his the documentary that was made about him is called The Pursuit of Tone like he was so obsessed with these great guitar sounds right and then that becomes like his big jerk uh, <laughs> off fest with Angels and Airwaves but when he's doing in the pop punk shape of things then it's like you know, he's doing all these interesting things that no one had brought to the table. And I think that really shifts the dynamic for all pop punk bands. Like, more than any other Blink-182 thing had an effect. The self-titled album and Boxcar Racer, I think, really caused a dynamic shift for pop punk music all over. Even if people said they hated Tom DeLonge, I think by osmosis you couldn't change the fact that guitar and the kind of expression that could be placed in pop punk music had suddenly changed. And then I feel like we know that Thiessen from around this time had a Tom DeLonge signature guitar. So we know it was something that influenced them a little bit. We know that there's brand new influences in five score and mm-hmm, which is also something that probably you know, aside from the fact that that's not a band we like to talk about, that is something that sort of dynamically shifted what pop punk was capable of at the time. So then, retroactively, I think they go back and they're like, we want to fix up albums two and three and make them sound more like the post-boxcar racer world of pop punk. And I'm like, no, you don't have to do that. <laughs> this, is, this is a song about mood rings. It's not appropriate <laughs> to make it sound <laughs> more polished. But yeah, I so I totally agree that the the lead guitar, the lead punk guitar of the original gibberish mix is better. So yeah, I, I feel like we didn't find we couldn't find the titties. <laughs> I love how we just said, you know what? It's episode ninety nine. We're about to do episode one hundred. <laughs> Let's just throw it all out and get that parental advisory sticker right. Do right we there stop bleeping after? I mean, do we bleep this episode and then stop bleeping at episode one hundred? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else I was thinking about this song. Oh, the so among the non-gibberish lyrics, it's also funny where I feel like he's got... There, this song has a message, but it's not an important message. Even to Matt Thiessen, who wrote the song, he doesn't consider it an important message. It's just a little... It's like no more important than the PSA at the end of a of an 80s cartoon like, because he even says if I had just one wish I wouldn't use my wish to deal with this issue I'm talking about Do you know what I mean he's <laughs> yeah. like if I had so he's even admitting but then he's like if I had a million billion wishes I'd use one of those wishes to, to deal with this problem of people talking gibberish so even by the songwriter's own admission the problem expressed in the song doesn't really matter <laughs> He'd need a million billion wishes. He's, there's a million billion other things he wants to deal with before he deals with this thing. Man, this song is so much deeper than I thought it was. <laughs> so uh, we'll go to our break and then we'll be right back with Jessica's Deep Dive. 
we want to thank you very much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. From there, you can interact with us as well as view the videos and images we talk about on the show. You can also call our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. That's 402-957-2343. Leave us a message and we can play it on a future episode. Also, we invite you to check out sadiehawkinspod.com, one simple place to get links to all our social media and a link to our Tee Public store. There you can pick up merchandise, or merch as it's known in the industry. We have our Black Flag parody shirt, our little sheet boy ice cream shirt, and our all new Boys from Canton ampersand shirts that list the first names of every album lineup of Reliant K. And if you can't get enough of us, well, good news. At patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, we are releasing at least two bonus episodes a month. You'll also have access to our whole backlog, including our discussion of Owl City's Ocean Eyes, reading through the complex infrastructure book, and the songs from K is for Karaoke. Finally, we want to thank our current patrons, who include Josh, JR, Jarrett, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Helen, Samantha, Roxanne, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. We hope to see you there, and even if we don't, we hope that you will keep us in positive regard. Over on Song Meaning 16 years ago, Miss Lottie Da commented, Ugh, I was so disappointed in RK when I heard this one. Good thing it's at the end of their CD. Meh face. That's, that's, that's rough. It's, you know what? This, how many tracks is this album? Like, honestly... Hold on, uh, you read the next one while I look at that. Well, Music Kid 07, also 16 years ago, responded, Disappointed, ha ha ha, this song is great, in all caps. Punk Rocker, R-A-W-K-E-R, 07, lots of 07s in here, 16 years ago said, was that 16 years ago? Perhaps. Uh, said, wow, I don't understand any of it. I don't talk gibberish, but it sure does sound good when they sing it. It has tune and stuff to it. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> was that written by us? It has, it has tune, tune and stuff. stuff. <laughs> so the album is 15 tracks. And then, you know, you toss out Kids on the Street and that's really just 14 songs. And then it's 57 minutes. It's almost an hour long. And like like we learned from Brad Moist, their contract was every album is ten has to be 10 songs. And then they can choose to do more. And they always over-delivered. So it's like, you don't like gibberish? Well, just stop talking because it's just something extra they threw on there. Leah Marie, 16 years ago, said, I think the song is talking about how people just talk to talk. Most of the time, not talking about anything that truly matters. I think what this song is saying is that we should stop talking about the, quote, gibberish in and nonsense that we usually talk about and talk about something that actually matters to life. Tell people things that they need to hear that they might not hear from other people. Something that may change their life if they were to hear it. Uh, correct. <laughs> Uh, Get the Jacket 16 years ago said, I really like this song. I am one of those people that will talk and talk and not really take the time to realize what I'm saying. Also, it kind of applies to when you are talking with something and they start, I guess I mean someone, and start laughing at something that you said, which which wasn't supposed to be funny. And you ask, what's up? And they say, it's an inside joke. You wouldn't get it. That to me is gibberish. Actually, I know a guy that sometimes talks like that. And his last name, one that he is more commonly called by, is Dibble. So I change the words of the song just for him and say, stop talking Dibble-ish or just stop talking. Good time, smiley face. Okay. (laughs) 
Good times. Get the jacket also said 16 years ago. Okay, everyone just needs to excuse the grammar slash spelling errors of the crazy girl over here. Thank you. It's the first time we've had one that's where it's like a commenter from 16 years ago is like, sorry about that. Let me correct myself. Like you're using an asterisk in a text message. Uh, a Foolish Tragedy said, I love RK, but I just can't listen to this song. I flinch when I hear the verses where he's singing in gibberish. I flinch just at the thought of those verses. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it does. Dog382, 16 years ago, said, yeah, it's about do not just pray because you want to be righteous, but pray because you mean what you're saying. Is the first religious comment we Okay, got. I mean, and totally valid. Totally, totally valid. Uh... That it absolutely could be that. And I don't want to say, but it could be, but it, it can absolutely be that. Then over on lyrics mode. <laughs> April, April <laughs> Uh Feed us the dragon in 2015. Feed, feed us the dragon or fetus? Fetus. Oh. The dragon said... Metal. I think this entire song is just trying to get the point across that you shouldn't talk gibberish, meaning you shouldn't talk in a way that you know no one will understand. If you say something, try to say it on the intelligence level of the person you are saying it to, whether it be the president of the United States or a five-year-old. Also, this song is actually making fun of an actual language in a way. The actual language of gibberish sounds coincidentally like a combination of French, Spanish, and a howler monkey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, one thing I've always wondered, and I, I, I have Googled it and never found something that... Uh, I found one video that almost was it. I want to hear different countries in different languages mock english who can't speak english you know what i mean because uh and obviously it's it's problematic very problematic but we all know the idea of speaking fake spanish or speaking fake chinese or speaking fake french but i want to hear someone in france someone in china someone in mexico speaking fake english i want to hear what that sounds like and i can't really find it and when i Type in those words, the algorithm, the, the Google search doesn't understand what I'm asking. And it, 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 it doesn't, it just doesn't get that. What, and it gives me other like flipped ideas. And it, yeah, I, I want to hear that. I want to hear what is it, what is, I want, I found one video where it was like, what, what non-English speakers think we sound, think English speakers sound like. And it's basically this song. And it was just like people speaking like this song. But that's not what I want. I want to hear someone in China mocking English. I want to hear a French person mocking English. And I've never been able to find that. Over on lyricinterpretations.com, they spelt gibberish with a J. And then we have some <laughs> commenters. Uh, Anonymous on August 7th, 2007 said, it's saying that if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything, at least to me. That's the cool thing about Reliant K songs. They can mean a million things to you or mean nothing and just be a silly song. And speaking in tongues is still around, but God doesn't take away spiritual gifts. If it's in the Bible after Jesus died, then it's still here today. I don't, I don't know that that I, I'm like tr scrolling through the other comments and I don't see if they're responding to someone in particular, but I'm going to read the, the next one down also from anonymous 
on February 13, 2007. First of all, the name of the song is Gibberish. OMG. I think that... OMG. I think that is almost worse than when people spell Reliant K with an A. I mean, at least RK is going to use an A, but they don't... But they didn't want to get sued by the car people. Anyway, the song... Maddie T and the band is just a bunch of jokesters. On their site under biography, they are talking about mm-hmm, and Maddie T says, it's my personality to be cheesy and tell dumb jokes. Although it would be lovely if this was a satire to tongues, it isn't. Besides, the rest of the song of makes that. perfect wow. sense. <laughs> wow, I didn't even think of that. I have a tongue story. Stop talking gibberish or just stop talking. How often do we go through life not knowing what someone's saying? Maybe political satire of a certain president. I know the song was out way before W came into power, but hey, would it no, would it have wasn't. worked? Nope, not no, at all. It wasn't out. Inaccurate. It was three years into his presidency. Inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of tongues talk on here. So even though there's no original commenter who brought up the tongues thing, <laughs> so I don't know if maybe that person deleted their comment or what happened there so two things two, so now two things i'm thinking so just the fact so i didn't really get into this but like if you got a debate who's talking gibberish and why is talking gibberish and when's talking gibberish there's nothing in the song there's nothing in the song so it's just a matter of your opinion and what you bring to it what you bring to the poetry like we talk about all the time with uh jim morrison like the doors are open you hear the poetry you walk through the door that makes sense to you that's it However, the only thing that gives any kind of narrative to the gibberish is when he says gibberish is something you don't want to speak to all your friends, right? So that's the only thing that kind of hints at something. So then I'm left with the impression of maybe it's like, you know, don't just uh, waste your friend's time. Like, uh, don't just talk gibberish to them. Like, I don't know why that's an important message. I don't know what the problem is. Like, don't you want to just be open and fun and and talk whatever you want with your friends? Uh, so whatever doesn't really mean much to me then you can put all these extra things on all the extra connections to Reliant K and Christianity and is it about uh, witnessing or is it about this or that whatever anyone can grab whatever that I didn't even think about tongues and I didn't even think about politics so I mean there's a probability although I don't know if it's a possibility that this is like one of the few Reliant K political songs. So what was that interview we heard where it was like, they were like, ah, oh, we didn't want to write a political song here. And it's like, when have you ever written a yeah. political song? Yeah. Well, maybe this was like a sly, like anti-Bush I thing. I know. I, kn- I know. But- no, because you know what? One album earlier, their bassist is wearing a <laughs> Bush shirt. So no. <laughs> I highly doubt that that was ironic, by the way. I don't feel like, (laughs) I think it was very much like, yo, these are our politics. Let's go GW. Right. Well, okay, so then there was that. I was just saying, like, what if the fact, what if it was the idea that it's sort of an anti-Bush or mocking Bush song, but they can't put anything even remotely in there for people to get it? Unlikely not po- not not likely possible but probable whatever but then the tongues thing i didn't even think about tongues because uh I, you know i don't want to like i don't understand tongues and i have one specific experience with it that was just that like when i was at this one church that i had been to a bunch 
And I think I've talked about it that I bounced around to a lot of different denominations. So like I never had one solid lifetime experience with only one denomination or one type of evangelical or whatever. So I was never like, never, <laughs> I never settled long enough for any particular church to cause too much trauma on me. But <laughs> it's because I hear about all this trauma, you know, yeah. church trauma that people go through. I was never at one church long enough for that to happen to me. But I do remember this one church that I went to, and I went there for many years. And sometimes I would go there even while I was going to other youth groups and stuff. And, like, the youth pastor came over after I'd been there for a couple years. Because it was a school I went to for one year. And I was like, you know, and then the school shut down. And I was like, oh, I'm going to keep going to this church because I like the people there. I'm going to keep going, you know, once or twice a month because I like the people there. But then the youth pastor comes over one day and, like, like it's trying to teach it like trying to teach us how to speak tongues and it's almost like being whispered like it's a secret i'm like i don't want to speak tongues like any form of expression that you have what in or outside of the concept of worship is yours to have and so then put it in the context of worship if speaking tongues is somehow expressed to you then that's your business but they were come on trying to teach me how to speak tongues and i was like this feels wrong yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was gonna make uh, i was gonna throw it back to harry potter and make a parcel tongue joke and i'm like that's <laughs> inappropriate jessica just but on. at the very least like i feel like you know i don't understand tongues because i haven't ever felt it or expressed it and if people do i am absolutely that's their thing and they could even explain it and i've probably heard stuff in the past that i've just forgotten explaining it but i was like i just i've always been a person that believes in like genuineness of expression right and it comes from something as shallow in that is like punk rock or movies or whatever and that like if you're gonna do if you're gonna create art you gotta mean it you don't just do it just for money or you don't just do it just because you think it'll be popular like you do it because it's something you want to get out there and you hope that there's an audience for it honestly that's why we do this podcast like i've always been about genuineness so when a pastor is trying to teach me how to speak tongues and i'm like i guess it could be a skill but i would feel like it should be an honest expression and if it comes upon you then it just comes upon you and then that's one of your like fruits and that's one of your forms of worship but like oh you're teaching it to me i'm very confused now because this is not a part of my heart and soul so no thank you uh, yeah, no, I, I had no experience with that until I saw the movie Borat and I was like, whoa, what is going on here? So <laughs> um, I was kind of weirded out when people would put their hands up when they were singing. And, and now I'm like, I get it. That's just like a normal part of worship. But That's, it was yeah. just not anything that I had never personally felt the spirit move through me enough to do that. So it was something that I didn't really, really connect with. Um, right. Just because I don't know, to me... Uh, my faith isn't about uh, isn't performative and it is for some people and that's that's perfectly acceptable but I it wasn't it isn't my personal experience it's very my faith is very internal for me right um I and did perform- finally find oh. the yeah. original comment they oh, like nice. buried it weirdly at the bottom I don't really understand the structure <laughs> of this website uh okay. did you have something you wanted to, to add on there I was just gonna say when you say performative you don't mean like people who perform like look at how look at how this corporation is all for social justice and they're literally just performing for the credit with the world when you say performative you mean like actually like opening up and letting everyone know look at me I love right. God it's yeah. not like I'm performing like I'm faking it you mean performing well, like 
One can debate tongues and what I mean by performative, but I won't go into that now. I will just go to this anonymous commenter from November 16th, 2006, uh, who says, I believe that this song is most likely talking about speaking in tongues. I've heard rumors that they wrote it just to see how many people would memorize the words, but I can't help but feel that gibberish is their way of talking about tongues. Now, I would like to stop for a moment and point out that they say, quote unquote, gibberish and spell it incorrectly like the website does. Which is J-I-B-E-R-I-S-H. I wonder if that's a regional thing or something. I wonder if, like, um, you know, like how the English have used in words where we don't have them in there. I think that, well, it would still just be what you get on your CD. Reliant K is still right. an American band. Well, so, American slash Canadian band. So I'm looking it up and, yeah, gibberish with a J or gibberish with a G are both valid. But yeah, Reliant K settled on the G for this one, and then everyone under a here G is with two Bs. Because yeah. jibba jab is a derivative of I'm oh, seeing right. is yeah. a derivative of gibberish. But yeah, both are valid. And if Reliant K settled on one canonical one, then that's the one they should be talking about. Uh, they continue on to say, I think that they believe that speaking in tongues has been misused and is no longer biblical in the sense that it is used today. Biblical tongues, the way I see it, is if someone were to speak, if uh, excuse me, if someone were to speak to a crowd of people and the speaker only spoke English. Now the crowds speak many different languages, but do not speak English nor understand it, but everyone hears and understand the message that the speaker gives despite the difference in language. I think Reliant K discusses the misuse of tongues and wants people to stop using tongues in a way that it was never meant for. That just like the grammar in that just, (laughs) just completely dissolved as we, as we went through it. And, and like I think you know whatever I think Reliant K if you, that's what you think sure but I don't think there's any proof of that. So the one no one debating about the song meanings is over on Facebook. There is a community call, page called "I Know All the Words to Gibberish" by Reliant K. Uh, I don't have Facebook anymore, so I can't tell you how many people are in this group <laughs> or what's posted there. But it's out there if you know all the words to gibberish and you want to join that Facebook community. Uh, then we're going to go back to listen up reviews where we've been before. And I'm just going to read what they have to say about gibberish. Gibberish is a hilarious song that does contain a bunch of gibberish, which is actually written out for you to follow in the liner notes. And its point is when you talk, talk substance, smiley face. We have, I actually have like three more websites just of people <laughs> discussing it. One is narniafans.com. There's the Live Journal uh, communities popped up, which I was never on Live Journal, so I'm not really sure what that means. I did try to go through them and be like, is this just any time gibberish is mentioned in relation to Reliant K? I couldn't really figure it out, so it's there if you're interested. And another is from christianguitar.org. Uh, just more people debating the meaning of this song. Okay. Well, I'm looking at the Wikipedia for gibberish, and the Wiki- the the American Wikipedia has gibberish spelt as with a G, but then it says also called jibba jabber, which is with J's, and gobbledygook, which is with G's, and it says that the word is probably derived from jibber jabber, or more specifically jabber or jib jab. So Dan, is where are the you comes from. are you mm-hmm. a jibber jabber? 
gobbledygook or gibberish kind of guy. I probably say gobbledygook more often. Same. Yeah. I feel like I could say any of those. I feel like I'd use jibber jabber more ironically if I wanted to like denigrate what I'm referring to even more. I'd say jibber jabber because it would feel like even more silly. So I'm like what I'm what I'm making fun of feels even stupider and more silly than I'm going to use an even more outdated phrase to myself. I have definitely gone up to April while she's barking and in a doggy voice been like, quit your jibber jabber. <laughs> <laughs> um, this also just reminds me of, okay, so the idea that Reliant K would write this song for no other purpose than just the high concept of it, of a song that's mostly nonsense words and see how many fans go to the effort of learning every syllable so they can come to the show and sing it. That seems completely valid to me because I know of a very, very popular musician who has basically done the exact same thing. And it's this guy, Weird Al Yankovic. So there's this thing called the Yoda chant. Here he is performing it at BlizzCon four years ago. <laughs> but there's there's got to be dozens, if not hundreds, of Yoda chant videos. Oh, man. I bet Weird Al's like a god over at BlizzCon. So this isn't extemporaneous. This isn't off the top of the head. This is a fully rehearsed chant. And I'm, I'm going to get to it. So I just want to hear you hear some of it. So... It's also on the it, it's also on the Weird Al live DVD that came out around the time of Running with Scissors from the Running with Scissors tour, and basically it's this thing where towards the end of the song Yoda, it, the song breaks down suddenly, and then they go into this three minute extended nonsense song, right? And if you heard the nonsense song, which you just heard a little bit of it, you would think they're literally just making it up at that moment. But it's a fully memorized and rehearsed nonsense song. All of that chanting you just heard, they know exactly what it is like on paper and they add to it throughout the years. And the and the joke of it is supposed to, like literally the joke is, it's a massively complicated three minute nonsense song even more nonsense than gibber jabber than a gibberish <laughs> so like the the joke is you're supposed to be amazed that weird al and his whole band would oh my gosh sorry i just knocked over april streets <laughs> you're supposed to be amazed that weird al and his whole band would memorize these like complicated time signature change right. nonsense words like anyone could make up this stuff but to make it up and then memorize it and do it phonetically identical at every show that's the complicated part that's supposed to like wow you if you know the context yeah who cares if you know all the world words too it's the end of the world as we know it <laughs> right. or, or we didn't start the yeah, fire because at least it's built <laughs> off of human expression and language yeah. it's not just randomness so yeah that kind of makes sense in that context that Reliant k would come up with a a purposefully complicated song just to see who out there will memorize it and then put the words in the booklet so that people can memorize it you know so i think it's more like that now that i've heard even though that's the second even though that was third hand information it was someone in a chat talking about arguing about the song saying i heard it in an interview once they made this song complicated to see who would memorize it that's the only information we have about it 
that sounds more likely to me than any deeper meaning. Yeah, like maybe sure. the fact that there is no narrative to the song about who's being spoken gibberish is because maybe you're literally not supposed to know. Like the only joke of the song is, can you as a fan memorize this syllable for syllable? The message of the song is meaningless. Do you remember them playing this live? I is don't. This like a, is this like one that they played live around that time or no? Was this just like a filler basically for There's, the album? I've literally forgotten more Reliant K set lists than I could like ever remember. <laughs> so I could have heard this live. It is very possible. Um, the only live video that I found is Cornerstone 2003, which we're back to already because they played lion at Cornerstone 2003, and here they are playing gibberish, and it was the second-to-last song in the set. So, and this is right before Sadie Hawkins' dance, <laughs> so that's kind of funny, and it really nice. makes me wonder if they were like, we're going to play gibberish at Cornerstone and see if we see any kids out there singing along and see if the experiment works, and maybe they did or maybe they didn't, but here they are playing it right before Sadie Hawkins' dance. Um... Let's see. And this version sounds even more specifically Blink-182 than it does on the album. So here's Cornerstone 2003, Reliant K with Brian and Dave playing gibberish. You know what? Actually, before we play the song, there's a lot of jibber-jabber before the song. (laughs) And we seldom do this, but let's play, you know, all the lead in and see if there were any nuggets of info about the song that I might not have noticed in my research. We play a lot of festivals every year, and this is by far our favorite. I'm sure it's your favorite as well. Because it's the best. This is the only place to be. Uh, No, Soul Fest was my favorite. I can't (laughs) believe you said that to them. You guys, uh, we'll be back over here tomorrow for that birthday thingamabob. For 4th of July and all that crap, so, uh... Whoa! He said crap! Hold on. That's it. I'm taking my kids' CDs away. Whoops. <laughs> Jessica dropped Whoops. her phone. Jessica launched her phone because it was sitting on a pop socket. So it was just able to, like, she hit it in just the right spot that it launched. <laughs> like, like you're playing football at a table with the little paper, but it was, a, but it was an iPhone. You guys excited for the Supertones and MXPX? Us too. Well, you should be. Anyway, this song we wrote for you guys to sing along to. We thought it'd be funny if we wrote a bunch of made-up words that don't exist. See if people actually memorized them. Well, there you go. He just said it. (laughs) There's our answer. Straight from the Tyson's mouth. Do us proud. This one's called Gibberish. I feel like we could just play the whole song since it's only a minute 45. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost there, so we might as well. If I had one wish, well, I don't know what I'd wish for. But if I had a million, so you 
nourishes I just want to let you know that gibberish is Not a nice way to talk to all your Mork slacks, if you're in your football You need cruel bird grade To so roll and shard, a learn cron Psychoculture is my brain Another life, parability, yeah, parability, yeah Stop talking gibberish, you just stop talking So specifically that chunky bass thing happening really sounds like blinkish to me more than more than the album. But if I get a million sandwiches, I just wanna let you know that your riches not a nice way to talk to all your friends, 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 friends. Ooh, using a looping pedal there. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> I just want to see if there's any more talk, but they launch right into Sadie Hawkins' dance. We're not doing that yet. When are we doing that song? When you could don't it be? Know. You don't know. <laughs> I meant you, Danny, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to trick people into listening to episode 100. Hey, we're deep enough in the episode. People don't listen to the full episodes. <laughs> the, only the cool people listen to the full episode. So on set list... Is that a thing where people just like pick and choose? I'm a, com- oh, yeah. I like tend to be a completionist on things. It's part of my OCD. Right. So like if I start something, I have to finish it. Right. Um, so like it must be so freeing to just be like, yeah, you know what? I got everything that I need from this. Let me move on. <laughs> right. Occasionally I'll listen to a podcast and uh, uh, I'll just mention not, not any podcast that we know <laughs> personally, but I'll listen to a podcast and be like, I'm not getting anything out of this. And then I'll... Like, basically, like, skip five minutes, skip five minutes, skip five minutes, and then cancel it out. But I always click, I always throw That's the scrub. That's still it in a way, though. Yeah, I, I, I put the scrubbing tool, the time scrub thing, to the end, so it's like it counts it as listen to. So on set list, it only lists that Cornerstone show, Pinnacle Center in Hudsonville, Michigan, on October 19th, 2003. And then it mentions... Um, the Masquerade in Atlanta on April 26, 2013. I didn't find either of those shows Ooh, the on Masquerade. YouTube. Masquerade. <laughs> but it sounds like at least I love that. in 2013, actually, this kind of ties us back to Lionel last week, where Lionel was a song that they randomly played in the time right up before, uh, you know, in that time where Collapsible Belong wasn't quite released yet. It was done but not released or whatever. So they, and you know what, like, uh, I guarantee they played the song way more often than just those two times. I guarantee they played it that whole 2003 tour. They probably played it on the Electric Youth Tour or something like that. No, not the Electric Youth Tour because that was before this album came out, but maybe the Back to the Few Tour or something like that. So I started getting into it before and then backed out because it didn't feel like the right time after all. But this does remind me of Simlish songs, which kind of really come around. I don't know Sims that well, but I guess it became really popular, at least with Sims 3, the idea of hiring known performers to come in and they take the original recording track that already exists but have the actual vocalists come in and do a simlish version of the song so i wrote down a couple notable ones well first of all there's one that's very notable and that's when katy perry had the whole 
tie in with the sims like she's yep. she had a sims game <laughs> and she, she did had an expansion pack yeah and she had last friday night so there's the connection <laughs> there especially since we just talked about cornerstone 2003 and you see her stage diving at that when she was dating matt Thiessen. um so that's the biggest one we don't really need to go into that i'm gonna p- i picked a couple other bands that feel reliant k or at least sadie hawkins pot adjacent sure so here's the first one and this is this is They Might Be Giants. Whoa! <laughs> Girl, we not two color trees. He watch it ever not, ever knock a kupakaroo. Girl, put your capital up rock. Apple walkie sled. Apple every song a dim. So that's Take Out the Trash by They Might Be Giants. And this is the original version for anyone who doesn't know. After this State Farm commercial, thank you very much. <laughs> Man, The Sims 3 is where it's at. Skip ahead to the bubble. It's from their 2007 album, so this must actually be later than, two, than Sims 3 or whatever. No, that's Sims 3. That is Sims 3? Yeah, okay. Sims 3 came out... I can't remember exactly when it came out, but it was definitely like a late of uh, late aughts. Is that that's what we call that time, right? right. Or, or early <laughs> tens. Yeah. And that's Take Out the Trash, which is kind of like a breakup song telling you telling someone to throw their boyfriend to the curb. So speaking of The Sims, I love The Sims, have been playing The Sims since the first game came out in 2000. And... Danny's never actually played, but he watches a lot of like gaming YouTube. So every now and then like a Sims sort of uh, one of his YouTubers will talk about the Sims, uh, particularly the Sims 2, which had some very wacky expansion packs Yeah, <laughs> that had some, 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 some stuff going on in them. I don't remember <laughs> if we talked, stuff. we talked about it, but I don't remember if it was a Patreon or not. Well, on that note early 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 in the podcast when we were trying to come up with or not early in the podcast but early in the patreons when we were trying to come up with content mm-hmm. i was like i'm gonna sit down with you and we're gonna play through the, some oh. of the sims <laughs> and i created a household of you me and tison <laughs> and i've just never played it it's been sitting in there for over a year oh, i guess we gotta do it <laughs> We did that stream that, you know, we didn't stream it, but we did a, us playing uh, Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Yeah. And that was an experiment in recording video game footage while we do an audio recording. And then we edited it together after the fact. So it was after that, because I think we talked about when we were doing the Animal Crossing thing about, do, are you guys enjoying this? Would you like us to do more? <laughs> if so, I want so to make Danny play the Let Sims. us know if we should do that. <laughs> Here is another band that is Reliant K adjacent because, again, at that Cornerstone 2003 performance, you can see MXPX's drum kit behind them because they, and they say Supertones and MXPX up next. Here's MXPX doing a similar version of Late Again. Actually, this says it's from Sims 2. Huh. It says it, yeah. The word forgive me sounded like just the word forgive me, because he says forgive me, friend, for I am late again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that's late again by MXPX. And then the last one, I also found My Chemical Romance, which feels like adjacent <laughs> nice. to what we do, but that's pretty big, so we're not going to do that. But here's another Reliant K related band. This is Paramore with their song Pressure. Sims 3 came out in 2009. Oh, okay. So I, I didn't recognize the MXPX one, but I really should have because I was I did I did have The Sims 2 and The Sims 2 busting out for PlayStation 2 and it was it looks like it was for the console mainly. Oh, it was mainly for the Well, that's the yeah, yeah. that's the artwork that was on the YouTube video. Yeah. Well, what about Pressure by Paramore because this was apparently also on part of Sims 2. Does this sound familiar at all? Jessica's very entranced in reading about the Sims article she just found. <laughs> Jessica! Does this... uh, it says it's from The Sims 2. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Do you know what I did a lot when I played like The Sims 2 though? I would turn the music down and then listen to like Reliant K yeah. on my CD player or like my well, you were I, missing out. My, I, uh, my my iPod. I could not think of what that was called for a minute. No, I definitely did that sort <laughs> of stuff as I well. Clearly I was missing out. I, no, I went, when I played video games, I always listened to my own music. And I think I even said something about that one time as MXPX memes and my Carrera replied, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, cause they did something about video. Oh, you know what it was? They released the art for their SoCal shows a couple years ago and it was all video game based. And I'm like, this is appropriate since I used to play video games and listen to MXPX and I connect those songs to, to uh, those video games. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, just take my word for it. Everyone in my generation would play RPGs or big adventure platformers and would have their own CD player going. And then those songs become entwined into thinking. There's still Five Iron Frenzy songs that when I hear them, I think of specific stages from Spyro the Dragon. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, once you listen through the game soundtrack, especially if the game soundtrack doesn't necessarily it's either it doesn't necessarily connect with you or it's very repetitive Mm -hmm. you do tend to kind of veer off and honestly i always preferred the more like like easy listening jazzy like build by mode sort of uh menu songs that they had in the sims over like the radio songs that they would play you took the words right out of my mouth so there's only two covers, and they're both vocal covers, which is kind of fitting for the song that this is. This is Ash Sings from eight years ago. Only has 140 views, so definitely deserves more since they apparently... Uh, looks like she apparently memorized this song. So let's hear Ash's vocal cover of Gibberish.
Argrew, Santa Finnegan to Dunderford, Bailamatic, Cockazade, a Zealousard, Thorphiliate. Well, it definitely sounded like she said the C word right there. Oh, no. <laughs> like like the, the chicken word, like, uh, you know, cock of the walk. <laughs> Whether or not she meant it. I love that she, her like as she's singing, her eyes keep like glancing off and like oh, so she's different might, directions. Are they? She might have little cheat sheets around. Oh, the she camera. definitely has a cheat sheet in front of her, but oh, okay. her eyes like move like along like ooh, I'm doing a thing. Stop talking gibberish or just stop talking. 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 Now, if I had one wish. I think she reached over and pulled it and like folded some paper over because she kind of like slightly perked her arm up. <laughs> and I swear I just heard a little paper crinkle there. So that one's pretty good. But then here's John Sparig doing more or less the same thing. With another, and these are both webcams, and this is 13 years ago with 3,000 views. Okay, and this one's actually got the track in the background. Okay, and John is definitely cheating as well because you can see in his glasses the re the reflection of the screen. <laughs> By the way, you might have heard our tea maker in the background a little bit ago, and now Jessica's making her tea. So, uh, yeah, neither of these vocal covers seem to have gone the full route. <laughs> do we need to do the gibberish... Uh, challenge, challenge where you basically cover your eyes and sing the song. If you want to do that, Dan, more power to you. <laughs> well, we don't have a lot going on in our lives right now, so I definitely have time for something like that. It definitely sounded like you said, Stop fucking gibberish. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> so maybe that's why they stopped playing this song. Relying K could say, Yeah, no one did the joke that we were hoping where they memorized the song, or more. Maybe it's more like, This is just a minefield of accidental <laughs> syllables. <laughs> So those are the two covers. Um, and then we have a whole lot of FMVs. And the sort of number one theme of the FMVs, because you can't really do a literal FMV because there's not enough literalness happening in these lyrics. Right. <laughs> they, there's at least two. There maybe be a lot of people like shushing people. Maybe, yeah. But there's at least two that basically take the idea of gibberish and apply it to school. Ooh, and like, you know what? The adults from the Peanuts. Oh, yeah. That would true. be a great FMV. You could, how do you, how do you, uh, I guess it's only the moments where the peanuts are looking up yeah. and off screen. <laughs> it's not much of an AMV because <laughs> you can't show like actual action and stuff. You can only show the moments when they're looking up and or talking. Or is it like someone. in Muppet Babies or one of the other ones where they only, you see the legs? Yeah. That's in one of them. I can't well, remember which yeah, the Muppet Baby. Now. Yeah, but the Muppet Baby lady only saw her legs, but she talked. She, yeah, yeah, that's true. 
So this one is uploaded by Paul Barnes, and it's one of the first school ones, and it's basically like... Whoa! <laughs> Sorry. We don't even, yeah, need the audio as much. But it's the first of the school ones, where it's like, school is gibberish. Like, what's worse than education? <laughs> I understand the frustration. How, like, certain classes just, you can't, like, understand what's going on. Look at his button-down shirt and his Matt Thiessen hair. <laughs> So from eight years ago, Paul Barnes, as I said. Well, his two thousand two thousand three <laughs> Matties in here, anyway. And I mean, thank you know, this song is mercifully short, so it was pretty easy to do the research this week. And he actually got mad, and he got up because the the teacher was writing gibberish on the wall on the chalkboard, and his paper and books were all gibberish, and he just went on into the hallway, and now he's checking out the ladies. <laughs> And I go find out who they're taking to the Sadie Hawkins. I know. And now he's doing a really oh. bad job mouthing the words. Oh my gosh! I no, that's a different guy. I thought that he was cutting like and doing like a trick thing where he was talking to himself. Nope, just another guy with the same button-down shirt and swoopity hair. <laughs> Look at his boat shoes. And now he went and talked to a bunch of friends on the quad. And they were talking too much gibberish, so he got up on the picnic table and started, like, essentially screaming, but lip-syncing the song. And they all ran away scared, because they're like... Uh, <laughs> they're like, problematic energy! And then a really weird ending, where... So all of his friends ran away from him because he got up on the table, as I said, and basically yelled at them for speaking gibberish. He sits down, looks dejected and sad, and then a girl starts walking across the quad and sees him, and he smiles, and she smiles, and it cuts. <laughs> Whoa, what happened? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> and then there's credits, and the credits are set to this. Nice. Which kind of made it funny because I was like, oh, only eight years ago. This isn't, you know, eight, Gangnam Style was eight years ago. But still, to hear Gangnam Style in the credits of this music video made me realize it was later than I thought. So here's another one that's school-based. And it's actually very, very creative. This is uploaded by YOLO Studios. This is a little older, 12 years ago. So there's a real energy to the edit and the camera work of this video. It's still clearly shot on like prosumer cameras, but there's there's a little bit of choreography here because like the whole <laughs> that's Jessica's tea is ready. The whole uh, class is basically like doing arm movements and lip syncing in unison and leaning in certain directions when they need to, and it's a very much more kinetic music video like they really kind of planned the shots in a way yeah. that a lot of fmvs you don't often see Ooh, they just did a nice little camera move where they did like a push in and then like a spin to yeah the next scene. i mean this is from a studio it's from yolo studios sure. so clearly they know more about what they're doing and also everyone's giving it their all like so many fmvs you see like the one or two friends who are clearly the ones that care more about the music video and everyone else is just like, oh, right. do I have to do this? <laughs> so let's see what else we got. There's a plenty of AMVs, FM, more FMVs, Club Penguin stuff, Maple Story, Kingdom Hearts, all the kind of usual stuff. 
the kind of stuff we should have found for Sahara. There's an NCIS. <laughs> I called it AMV. It's not technically an AMV. There's Naruto. There's some show called The Adventures of Lano and Woodley, which I've never heard of, but I guess it's a live-action sitcom from who knows where. Um, there's a couple different lip-syncing videos. Uh, there's someone in their MacBook photo booth with that warping effect on their face and then lip-syncing it, but it's very cursed because <laughs> the audio is coming in from the room, so if it was like added in post, at least would have that thing. But instead, you can kind of hear them going... <laughs> like opening and closing their mouth right. <laughs> um there's two lyric videos i'm just trying to make sure i don't miss anything that's really good oh this one's a, this one's pretty cool <laughs> so this one is just a band this is the amv type that's it's just the band it's just a bunch of people pretending they're the band and lip syncing and rocking right they're not there's no narrative no story but <laughs> the cinematography <laughs> and the location are outstanding this is uploaded by Lucas Gatley 10 years ago. And they're out in the woods in the middle of the night. Oh, wow. With, I think, like work lights used as like the light to sort of light the scene. Tall trees. This is horrible. A lot of yeah. underbrush. It it really looks like a rock band is 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 wrapping up the, the hiding of a murder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't have... Jason's maybe going to pop out at any moment. Right. This feels like it should be a music video for a horror punk or heavy metal band. But they're lip syncing so gibberish and they're really moving around. One of the guys is holding the guitar case and pretending it's a guitar. Because I guess they only had one guitar for the music video. Amazing. And they don't have a drummer. They didn't bring a you know drum what? set. That's Reliant K energy, and I I like that. I'm here for it. But they also are. They also have a real like New York hardcore sort of energy. Like the singer is back and forth and back and forth. He's got like that wound up like hardcore punk aesthetic uh, dance move that's not really Reliant K. I mean, the camera they use is super good, and they put a little MTV logo at the bottom right. There's so <laughs> much going on. <laughs> You know, I do kind of like some of these it shots looks amazing. because, yeah, they they do some really great lens flare stuff and, and they play with the lights. And it's a real guitar that they brought out. Their unmotivated vampire diaries lighting just to get a cool shot. And like I said, like the the camera they're using is good. It also reminds me of the. It's missing the neon, but it reminds me of the aesthetic of the What Does the Fox Say music video where they're out having a party out in the woods. But since this doesn't have the neon or the sort of fanciful masks, it's missing that sort of like fantasy fun nature and it only looks like a, like a murder scene. If you told me David Lynch directed this, I'd be like, yes, this does look like Twin Peaks The Return. <laughs> there you go. Um, here's a bunch of people playing with chickens. She's like, shh. And this is uploaded by Pixie Girl TKP nine years ago. And it's just two girls in a chicken coop. Pretending to be chickens. Pretending to be chickens and sort of chasing the chickens around. And it's a uh, vertical aspect ratio from an iPhone. A, nine, a nine-year-old video that's shot on an iPhone, Jessica. <laughs> I just want you to sit in that for a second. So it's, I, I don't think it was, I don't think they set out to make a gibberish AM, uh, FMV. 
they oh, somebody's little brother just came out. Yeah, the they're just oh. messing with the chickens Jeez. in the farm one day, and then they decide to put it. <laughs> one of them picked it up and put it to the camera. It's like, I got this chicky. That video is called Gibberish Chickens. I don't even know how I found it because I don't think Reliant K is mentioned <laughs> specifically. In the description, they're listed in the description. Um, so let's see. We did the two school ones, no Band in the Woods. Videos? Uh, not totally really. There are AMVs, but I don't think there's shipping videos specifically. Could absolutely be like put together a thing where it's like, stop talking gibberish and just stop talking. Oh, and stop making out with me, baby. Exactly. <laughs> this yes, is that Reliant, was implied. This is Reliant K's sexiest song. You well before Collapsible Belong. Okay. Person in the MacBook photo booth. We get that. Uh, FM. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's one. So <laughs> this one's uploaded by RITSD Productions. And this is uploaded 13 years ago. This is called Reliant K Gibberish Kara Style, which I assume Kara is the... Kara is a little upset. Thank you to Steven for being a stick in the mud, says Kara. A run into the screen door productions... <laughs> What it's feels like it's just made for friends, but it's got two thousand views from thirteen years ago. I kind of love that production company name. Right, you know, doing this podcast really does speak to something that we love. Okay, she picks up like a French, like uh, instruction manual. <laughs> instruction manual for like electronics or possibly dr- you know prescription drugs or something. She took French prescription drugs. Looks out, look how what good that did. And she looks confused because it's gibberish to her. And then it cuts to her outside and she's skanking. <laughs> skanking it up. Fantastic. Pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> and now she's doing the like superstar move. And I don't know what she's look oh I guess she's looking at the instructions. Oh Is the this inst- the thing she's trying to put together? Right. Yeah, I think so. So it was like an electronic or a or some sort of like home good that had French instructions. And then she goes outside and someone drives away without her. And I guess now she's holding up a map and trying to get around. And the person is speaking to her in another language. I guess the... <laughs> he's, he's, he's super stoned and like, yeah. So the narrative is definitely muddled. I guess she's in a foreign country or she woke up and found that the world doesn't speak her language anymore. Maybe. Excuse me. Maybe. It's not really, <laughs> it's not really explained. This video is a little gibberish. Did you, did you want to take that again or are you good? No, I'm good. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then it cuts to the, to the guy she was trying to get directions from skanking outside too. <laughs> So, I'm good. yeah, no, we're almost done. And this is the gibberish episode. If I hiccup in the middle of a sentence, I'm just going to keep going. So I feel like that's about it because, uh, yeah, like everything else, it's like people doing selfies, lip syncing the song, whether it's TikTok or like TikTok, proto TikTok, it's just them kind of lip syncing the song. So we'll end on this. It's Steffi, S-T-E-F-F-Y, but also Wiffleboy28 <laughs> from six years ago. Just practicing his softball throwing. It's Wiffleboy. Wiffleboy is back. <laughs> Who he's never seen before. And it's just him practicing softball throwing. And that's it. Just for a couple of seconds. Nice. 
And I guess that's it. I guess that's all we got. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it kind of petered <laughs> out because I didn't like plan exactly what to talk about. But yeah, hopefully that uh, Instagram lock will be released tomorrow. And um, yeah, and uh, I can start <laughs> bothering people and following them again. And just stop following and liking gibberish. Uh, Jessica, do you yes. like this song more, the same, or less than before we started? Probably more. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like I probably like it about the same because I never gave it much regard and I don't have a ton of regard for it afterwards. <laughs> Although maybe I do like it a little bit more because now that I learned, you know, the idea was make a high concept gibberish song and see what fans remember it. Yeah, I never that's really listened to the song before. So that's yeah. why I'm like, you know what? I actually, I kind of enjoy it like musically. And yeah, stuff, and so. it's not a deep song. My main takeaway yeah. is it is literally one of the most shallow Reliant K songs ever written in this era and on purpose, I think. And uh, anyone who reads deeper meanings into it, that's entirely up to them, but it's not in the song. <laughs> it wasn't intended. So uh, yeah, that's gibberish. And we'll see you next week for episode 100. 100 episodes of Sadie Hawkins Pod, wow. not counting Patreon. And we've done a couple like listening party episodes. That doesn't count in the, you know, so we're technically at already over 100 at this point. But next week is episode 100. And then the episode 100 live stream. Let us know if you're interested in Instagram live or if you want us to watch stuff, then we'll have to do uh, Twitch. Twitch. <laughs> I wanted to call it Snick. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening.